0: Welcome all of you guys to our uh, third time together, and for you, our last time in an uh, encounter for Spiritual Life Emphasis Week. And uh, this year, what we're going to be doing is something just a little bit different. Uh, We thought that instead of having uh, three normal encounters like we've done in past years of Spiritual Life Emphasis Week, we'd have a little chance to uh, have a casual environment to do a little QA with. Mr. Bishop. And uh, so let's just give him a round of applause one more time for being here. Mr. Mr. Bishop. Bishop. That's right, man. Mr. Bishop. Yeah, that's what happens when you're in a
1: school. Mr. Uh, Bishop. So. Is this on? Is this thing on? Yeah. Check. Sweet. These lights are so bright.
0: Yeah, they are. Is there a way to get these lights a little more dim? No, it's all good. I don't, don't want to see them. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> when they, You'll realize whenever they start sleeping, it hurts your feelings. Yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah. yeah I just habit. imagine they're praying for me and then we just keep going. Yeah, I do that in class every day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, here's what i like to do, uh, guys and gals. I'd like to actually just open us up for, uh, with a word of prayer. God, thanks so much for uh, this place, and thank you for these students, God. Um, I'm just grateful uh, to be with them. I'm grateful to have Britton here and uh, his journey and story that, God, you have brought him on, that you could uh, bring that to us to teach us and to show us what it means to walk with you and to love you. Uh, better to love you well uh, to do what's right and good and just uh, with what you've given us in our life and I pray God that the power of your spirit would just continue to move in uh, these students and us the staff and faculty to draw us to yourself to draw us um, deeper towards the goodness uh, of your image deeply implanted in us and to draw us upward to your goodness uh, and to your kingdom. I pray that our conversation this morning would accomplish that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. So, Britton, uh, we asked so, for a couple of questions for you. And a lot of questions that came up uh, were sort of lighthearted and fun ones. I thought I'd start with some
1: of those. I paid those kids.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, some, of the, some of the questions that come up, uh, came up, you know, you, you have, you've alluded to the, the uh, Chick-fil-A thing not being entirely accurate. But the question reads, have you ever had Cane's sauce? Yes. And if so, why do you like Chick-fil-A?
1: Yes, I've had cane sauce, and I can answer that simply with uh, customer service and coleslaws for people that can't eat solid food. Oh, nice! So okay. If coleslaw is your best right. side, you can offer me. You probably re- belong in a nursing home. Yeah. Do you ever? Uh, I said
0: it. Do you? Do you ever get told that you look like Marcus Luttrell? No, I'm not tough enough. Okay. Wow. Um, who's the most famous
1: person you've ever met? Uh, for the Christian people in the room, I'll answer that way. Uh, Bob Goff. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Otherwise, raise your hand if you know that, Bob Goff. Other than that, it would be my roommate that's in the NFL. Huh. Yeah. Okay, your room, your your my old roommate. My college roommate. roommate. Yeah, yeah, he plays for the Jets. Hmm. Which is that really the NFL? I don't know if the Jets are oh. the NFL. <laughs> okay, ouch. Uh, okay.
0: Um, now, uh, random fact I found out about you. Can I ask about like yeah. your your dad in the the always NFL yeah. thing? So uh, I found out last night. Britton's father
1: was also in the NFL. In
0: um, what team did he play for? He
1: played for the Raiders. Okay. The Raiders. Hmm. Yeah. He wasn't very good. He just played on the practice squad, but okay. better than I was at football. <laughs> sure. Um, actually, let's hang on the football thing for a second. Um, where did you play? I played um, – I completed my career at Fort Hays State University. Go Tigers. Tigers. Okay.
0: Uh, and when? Did you, why did you decide not to play football
1: anymore? Um, my body decided. So my senior year, I had a career-ending shoulder injury. So yeah, that was kind of the end of that. I don't know if I ever. I think I I would still play if my body would let me. It's a fun game, hitting people. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Who said? Oh yeah. <laughs> what position you play? Quarterback. Marcus. Guard. Um, my man. Where were you at the other day? Is yeah. a kicker. Oh, he was oh, sleeping. <laughs> 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 uh, I appreciate it. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, so, um, and also, uh, just add, a, just this is a curvy question. Also, something else I learned about Britton. How many uh, concussions have you had? Oh, yeah. Is that okay? Can I ask?
1: That? Yeah, I think I forgot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I told you a number, but there's so many numbers. Like in college, I had like 14, I think is what I, something like that, right? Is that what I said? I think you said nine. Nine? Okay, maybe 14 is through high school and college. Gotcha. Nine okay. in college. So, yeah. yeah. That's why I don't know any of your names. Yeah. So blame it on CTE, (laughs) I guess. Uh, Yeah. What's your favorite? uh, All right, last football question. What's your favorite NFL team? I don't like to claim them. Uh, This hurts to even say because, well, you see, it's hard to answer that question because you can't fire an owner. You can't fire the person that fires people. But I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Hmm. Yeah. It hurts. It hurts, but you guys, Kirk Cousins, your quarterback, so calm down okay you like that you like that yeah you're welcome okay
0: <laughs> uh one of the questions and i'm not sure uh, what this was intended as
1: um how do you make money how do i make money yeah. uh yeah <laughs> i travel and speak i work at a church um i also am a barista I work at a coffee shop part time so really
0: yeah okay huh.
1: yeah um do you have any kids and are you married no and no. Uh,
0: what kind of bear is the best? Black bears are best. How old are you?
1: 25. Do you have any pets? Used to. That's a tough one. Mm. No, I had a really cool dog. Her name was June, and then I moved into an apartment, and I couldn't have her anymore, so I sold her. Hmm. Thanks for bringing that up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your, what's your favorite form of potatoes? Mash, tater tots, hash browns, them. what is it? Yes. <laughs>
1: you don't have a favorite can't pick one uh i don't know if i could pick a favorite okay they're all good is okay. it a meal without them the oh, waffle Chick-fil-A fries are a good waffle but chick-fil-a a waffle fries the closest chick-fil-a to where i live doesn't like you can't order them well done anymore which was like a gut punch because they're the best that way so uh favorite potato i would say like a twice baked potato with a Ooh. good piece of steak that'd probably be but it matters what it's with i think the potato is just mm. a vessel yeah. For whatever else is happening that day. Sure. Yeah. For the butter and the yeah, sour cream. Yeah, exactly. Day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's a butter dish, really. It, <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just a an edible bowl. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> edible bowl. <laughs> okay. spoon. Uh, okay. All right. So uh, a couple questions related to, uh, I think the first question that comes to my mind that came up um, that relates to some of the stuff that you talked about this week. Yeah. And it's more uh, specific about, you, you know, you mentioned, uh, and I think this this came up, I'll read the questions came up as like next steps from some of the stuff you talked about okay. and then we we can get into some specifics um, some of your thoughts and some Before we other start
1: things. do you guys have yeah. normal sized bottles of water in Minnesota? No. Okay, I was yeah, just Yeah, we don't believe curious. in those. Yeah, it's bad for the environment. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, uh, lots of small ones are better. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> what would you what would you say to people who are not really part of the f- uh, part of Well, let me let me ask this. I think these three questions are related that people asked. Uh, what are some real life applications um, to the portion that you talked about as go? As a high schooler, Uh, not just like being more Christian, but how can we go? Um, Second, two other questions like it. You talked a lot about starting the race, getting into the race, but what ways teenagers can realistically do to run the race? And can you elaborate more on incorporating sharing God's work in normal conversations in my life experiences
1: as a teenager? Yeah. um, Repeat the first question one more time.
0: What are some real life applications to the go portion as a high schooler? Yeah. Not just like being more Christian, but how can we? How can we?
1: Right. Um, I think if our desire is just to be more Christian, then it's kind of unobtainable. I think honestly, but uh, just I think practically for a high school student, just taking an account of what you do daily, um, looking at your conversations, your relationships, your friendships, how you operate in the locker room, how you operate on the field or on the court or in the band room, wherever you're finding yourself in those situations, and understanding that a part of the go, right, and a part of my story I shared last night with a group of students was when I accepted Christ, it wasn't, it it was one piece, yes, I heard the gospel preached, but the second piece of that is the person that I was having a conversation with that was walking me through it was living that out actively, because my whole life I grew up, playing against the Christian schools and in the Bible Belt with people that went to church and did all these things. And so my perception of that group of people at that time was they're no different than me. They just do something on Sundays that I don't. I see how they operate. I hear how they talk. I see what they post. They're not any different than me as a non-Christian. But then the first time that I heard the gospel preached and was receptive to it, it wasn't the first time I heard the gospel preached, but the first time I heard the gospel preached and was receptive to it was because somebody was living out what they were preaching. And so I was seeing this guy that was not only telling me these good things about Jesus and these characteristics about Jesus that wanted to save me and gave me an opportunity for new life and joy and just all these different things, but he was actually living it out and acting like he believed what he was saying to me. So I think a key piece before you can ever go is figuring out, do I actually believe what I'm saying I believe? Because if you can't actually Believe what you're saying, I don't know if you can ever actually live it out. And then I would also take that further and say if you're not living it out, I would question do you actually believe it? Because if you believe it in your marrow of your bones, down to the core of who you are, that Jesus Christ died to save sinners, the go takes care of itself because your lifestyle adapts to that. But practically speaking, I think it's operating differently in your locker room, right? The way you talk. The things that you are talking about, whether it's guys, the way you talk about the young women in your school, or vice versa, the way you see them, look at them, um, I think a practical step of going is sharing parts of your story, finding opportunities where, and this this is a part of another part of the question, excuse me, Um, is in conversation with somebody, one, people love to talk about themselves, get to know them. Get to know somebody. What have you been through? What are you experiencing? what What's going on in your life? Oh, man, that's crazy. I went through something like that as well, and this is what it looked like for me. And First Peter, um, I quoted this last night for the students we were able to hang out with. Sorry, you're going to get a bunch of the same stuff because I don't know very much. Uh, First Peter says, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have. And so I think that that's a key piece as well. But the go, um, practically speaking, is one, living differently in the world tells you to. One, vocally, why do I live differently than the way the world tells me to? Sharing that out, why? Because, it. and I think that I would be doing you a disservice as a Christian, and this isn't me juking your question, but I don't want to answer for you, why do you believe what you believe? Because I don't want it to just be some words that you heard a speaker say sometime, but I want to challenge you to go find it. Form that sentence for yourself. If somebody was to ask you, hey, why do you believe this? Where you can answer it in your words and your language would be a key piece. And then be willing to share it with people. Be willing to be inconvenienced. um, Understand that what you're doing isn't as important as you think it is. And uh, be willing to see people really well.
0: Follow-up question that wasn't on on here, but uh, how would you encourage these guys or how do you process the idea of knowing whether or not you really, really believe it? Like what
1: are indicators? Fruit. So, Jesus says, they, he will, they will know you're my disciples by your fruit. So, is the, the fruit, the things that are coming out of you, do they reflect Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, right? Right. Some some of y'all even know the song. Who knows the song? The fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, come on. You, you guys know. are such liars. Right, Last night, like, I was with yeah. a group of students that we went to couple, some club four, called four Awana. Five. I don't even know what that was. Nothing. Man, you guys are boring. <laughs> You guys are going to let this be as boring as it wants to be, huh? All right, sweet, let's do it. Yeah, I think fruit is really important, the fruit of the Spirit, right? Are these things that are coming out of you when you're put into life situations or are the other things coming out of you that I think, um, right, is what's coming out, is it joy, is it anger? Um, the way you talk to your parents, uh, just different things like that, but I think fruit is really important to to look at whether you are actually a disciple of Christ. That's what he says at least, so probably build something on that. So... Two, two questions that students have asked uh, that relate to what
0: you just said. Uh, you mentioned parents, and I'll get back to that in a second maybe. But uh, what do you think, talk, in thinking about the race, what do you think is the hardest thing about being a Christian? That's what one student asked. Another one phrased it this way. In your faith walk, what has been the hardest moment in your life when you thought you didn't want to do the race?
1: Mm, that's good. Forgive me, I'm not just an answer machine. I'll actually have to think about this. The hardest part of being a Christian. I think being a Christian is really difficult, but I think kind of the concepts we talked about on Tuesday is kind of like finding joy in suffering. Um, Being okay with that piece of maybe my happiness isn't going to be the full pursuit of my life, right? The pursuit of happiness. Maybe that isn't the call of my life. And I think the hardest piece for me has been making decisions that aren't, one, popular to everyone my age, two, make sense to my family, my support system, or three, make sense to me mentally. But in my heart of hearts, knowing that this is what God has called me to and taking those steps regardless of um, I think what the rest of society tells me I should be doing, cause at 25, I'm, I'm in a place where it's like, man, you got to make your money. Like you got to do these things. And it's like, no, like somebody up here, I think said, like, Oh, you have a lot of jobs. It's like, yeah, that was just a piece of what it took for me to do what God's calling me to. And, uh, but I think really simply said the hardest part of being a Christian is obedience saying yes every time when Jesus calls that's difficult uh and then for me in my own walk forgiveness has been a really hard part of that and
0: one of the questions a student
1: asked actually is uh, how did you learn to open up about your past struggles and trials uh, um it was that piece that I had to realize that as uncomfortable as I am right now and I want you all to know that I'm really uncomfortable that's why I keep rubbing my leg I grab my pinky a lot when I preach um I do a lot of things because I'm really uncomfortable I tell a lot of jokes because that's like, man. If they laugh, maybe they'll forget the hard thing that I just said about my life. Um, that's real. So that's it's genuine. It's what you're talking to me. A lot of people have the same problem. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you hire this guy? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he shook his head. No, but uh, yeah, it's it's really uncomfortable. Uh, it still is. Um, most of you saw me sweat the other morning. That was bad. Um, but there's just that peace within all of that. If you're laughing, that's really mean. That's really mean. That's what you laughed at. That's what you. This whole morning. That's what you decided to laugh at. I'm just kidding. I'll make fun of you later. Um, it's really difficult. It's uncomfortable, but ultimately I had to get over the fact that it wasn't about me. Um, if me communicating about the hurts from my childhood or the difficulties that I find in, um, my adulthood, performance based acceptance, opening up about those things, if that even speaks to one of you, then that was worth the flight to Minnesota, the time in a hotel. And, uh, So, yeah, it was just really coming to grips with the fact that it's not about me was what I had to realize. And that my story, although up to my understanding, started 25 years ago, ultimately my story started the minute Jesus walked out of the grave. And that I'm just a part of a much bigger story of God bringing people back to himself. And so that was a big piece of, and it, it, it frees me up a lot to understand that I'm a part of something way bigger than myself. And I don't really matter that much in the grand scheme of things. And so my comfort maybe isn't the most important part of my life, but maybe it's people coming to know the King that I proclaim. So. Yeah. Thanks, Britt. Yeah.
0: So a lot of questions center around when that journey first began for you too. There was a number of uh, questions about How old were you when you first became a true believer? But also, um, for you, there's some questions here related to um, when did you really start, in a sense, I guess, similarly, start taking it seriously, uh, start getting into the race? Um, When did that that really happen for you, and what did that look like?
1: Um, So, like I said, I grew up in the Bible Belt, did that whole thing. But I was 21 years old, so not that long ago it'll be five years or six years I get it all runs together it's been crazy but I was 21 years old in college and uh heard that message and I actually saw somebody living out that message actively not just once but continuously as I continued to get to know him it took it took a time uh his name is Trey uh Trey Giles he's one of my best friends um he's one of the most gifted communicators I know but more than anything he is a faithful faithful apprentice to Christ um, his number one desire in life is to point people to the king. And uh, that was really cool because I got to be a part of that. And um, And it was a long process, and he didn't give up on me. I was like a four, five, six weeks of meeting before I actually was like, all right, I'm in. Because I was like, man, he'll screw up sooner or later. Like, he'll mess this up, and I'll have a reason to not do it. And when he did mess up, quote, unquote, he admitted it quickly. He didn't try to hide it, and uh, and he just built this really vulnerable, genuine um, relationship with me and it was like man I'm in if that's what being a Christian and loving Jesus is about then I'm in and so I was 21 when that happened yeah but um surrendered everything and decided I'm no matter what give my life to this I was in Houston Texas I don't know if you guys remember the really bad hurricane that happened there um a few years ago we were down there with a student ministry in our college ministry serving um and I was just a college student as like going as like a chaperone And uh, there was a night, we had kind of like a worship night with the students, and we're in the middle of all this brokenness, and these kids are just like pouring their hearts out, and we're just having a time where, uh, it's another Foster Christie thing, uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, so we had a little say-so time, and uh, people were just sharing testimony, sharing um, just different things, and I was super encouraged, and I just felt like in that moment, like it was like, man, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life, like I want to be around this the rest of my life, and. Haven't looked back since.
0: So you mentioned Trey and his impact on you, and I think one of the one of the questions a lot of students have, and I think this is um, a genuine struggle for a lot of students, is the sense of when you talked about you know, um, ready, set, go, and with reference to to going into sharing and to reaching out to others. there's a lot of questions about that. Yeah. Um, how might we as students be able to spread the gospel to others? Um, how are we supposed to do that? Tell others about Jesus if they reject the whole idea of Jesus. Do we keep pursuing them? Do we leave it up to God? And uh, the final question: How do you recommend we share God's word if we don't really
1: know any non-Christians? It's interesting. A couple different questions in there, but yeah, yeah. Um, that was a lot of questions. I'm trying to think of which one to answer, uh, or even what the. If I was better at this, (laughs) I'd take them one at a time. But. I think a practical piece um, to continuing to go in the face of rejection is um, understanding that you're called to it when you're a Christian, and, and that's a really Jesus-Juke answer. But that's how my body, like that's how my brain really operates. Is it's like there's not like this introspective view on the go and discipleship and evangelism. It's literally just as simple as do it, do it. You guys are all deep, much deeper thinkers than I am. But I think practically it's one person at a time. Um, That's the most successful discipleship model I've seen uh, for long-lasting fruit. And there's a quote that I shared last night, and that's on a book. Long obedience in the same direction produces much fruit. And so I think, um, one, be faithful to the go, even in the face of adversity, in the face of a no, in the face of difficulty or rejection, be faithful to it. Because ultimately, this word go, we're talking about all this stuff, right? Like that was a really clever way to say, it wasn't even that clever. Actually, it was really not clever. It was a really basic kindergarten understanding of go share the gospel with people. The gospel, right? The saving grace of Jesus, an opportunity to spend eternity with him, and that when you surrender to this, that the power and the presence of his Holy Spirit come and dwell within you and they help you live out your life. And when you surrender everything to that, Your desires change, your heart changes, your life changes, and then lives around you begin to change. But you have to understand that you're not just a Christian when you're at encounter. You're not just a Christian when you're reading your Bible. You're a Christian when you're in conversation. And as you continue to dig into God's Word and continue to study that and continue to allow it to be implanted in you, the overflow of your heart will eventually be that and so I think for those of you that are like, but how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I do it? My first and foremost challenge would be get into the word of God more, 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 more. Because it's not a speaker's words. It's not your chaplain. It's not anything your teachers can teach you. It's God's word pouring out of you. That's what changed in me. I'm, I got a 16 on the ACT. That's being honest. The only thing I have to offer anybody is the fact that I've spent time in God's word. And then I'm willing to open my mouth and tell people what it says. Right, I got made fun of last night where I said, I'm sorry I wasted the last 50 minutes telling you this. But it's really that simple as we try to dress up the gospel and think that we have to do all this work. I think the clear piece with the gospel, with sharing the gospel with evangelism, is are you willing to say yes? And trust the fact that the Holy Spirit's going to do the work. Because you guys, me, Goldie, we will save No one. I have the power to save no one. It's the Holy Spirit. The advocate. And when you depend on that and you trust the fact that I'm spending time in God's word, not habitually, but it's a relationship piece. It's a conversation. And it's the overflow of my heart. The Spirit will do the communicating in that. And it's not like a weird thing. Don't make it a weird thing. But I think the more time that you spend in the Word, the more that that'll be what comes out of you. And the more naturally those kind of conversations happen, I think. So. Yeah. Uh,
0: what about um, probably time for just this one last idea? So you said in order to share and to go, you got to be rooted in the Word. So yeah. let's talk about that. There's a number of questions that came up with reference to that. How do you stay motivated in the Word? It's hard for me to care about the Bible. I want to, but I don't know how. Uh, how can I learn to enjoy reading my Bible? Um, and. And there's some stuff about, like, what, what books of the Bible would you recommend people to dig into if they haven't really read it for themselves? And, um, yeah, what's your, what's your take on generating interest or passion for... The Bible's creation? not
1: boring, you are. The Bible is not boring, you are. How you read the Bible is boring, I promise. Really read the Bible. Some of the greatest Netflix specials of all times could come from the book of 1 Samuel. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's insane. And it really happened. And so, one... If the Bible's boring to you, try reading it with all five senses. Try studying cultural context. Really figure out what this was like, what was happening. Let the words come off the pages for you. Don't let it be a checklist, okay? Like, man, I'm going to knock out chapter one of Mark today. And when I'm done with that, I'm done. Check. I've done my duty to God and my country, and I'm going to move on, right? But there's just that piece of like, okay, you open the Bible, and you just read. And then you stop. And then you go live it out. And it's not, I got 32 verses today, but it's like, man, God, that was awesome. I would ask you the question, when's the last time you prayed before you read your Bible? Before you did your quiet time? When's the last time you asked God to speak to you through the scriptures? Right? Um, one really uh, quick story. I know we're almost out of time. Um, somebody told me, and I'll shorten this, but I was I was white-knuckling scripture. I was white-knuckling my faith because I wanted to understand. I wanted to get it. And simple phrase changed everything for me. He spoke last year, right, I think, last year. Paul Epperson, this guy, he told me, he said, the minute you stop reading the Bible and just allow the Bible to read you, everything will change. Quit white-knuckling your faith. Open your hands. Live by grace. Spend time in his word and fall in love. In Psalms, David says, return to me the joy of my salvation. If you're not having fun with this, you're doing something wrong, I promise. Because there's joy when you're dependent on God, when the scriptures are where you find your happiness, and when the spirit is what's driving you. So quit white-knuckling it, open your hands, and smile a little bit more, even though you guys have really small bottles of water.
0: Let's uh, once again thank Britain for being with us, answering some questions, being honest in his journey. You guys at this point are uh, dismissed.